0: Well, hello. Welcome back. My name is Stephanie Safarian, and you're listening to episode 266 of Sustainable Minimalists. On today's show, we are discussing the hidden costs associated with America's love of cheap goods. Specifically, we're talking about what the made-in-China label means, what the implications are of us continuously buying Stuff from China, cheap stuff, expensive stuff, and everything in between. China has been nicknamed the world's factory, the world's factory, and that's because the People's Republic of China is the world's biggest manufacturer of stuff. China can make virtually any product and virtually any part to any product you can imagine, and China generally can make it cheaper than any other country. Now, question for you. Rhetorical question time. Are you in the habit of regularly looking at the tag and finding out where in the world, literally where in the world, your stuff is made? I'm willing to bet that an awful lot of you, if you're like me, an awful lot of your possessions are made in China. Your stapler, your favorite hoodie, your Halloween decorations that you stake on your front lawn. We're going to talk about Halloween decorations later, by the way, but All of that stuff and more, likely made in China. So today we're diving deep into the fact that where your stuff is manufactured matters. And my hope today is that I teach you something about why exactly it matters for both the people who created the stuff and the planet that we all inhabit. So let's talk first about the made in China label. In 2022 in America, The made in China or the made in PRC label, those terms have become synonymous with low cost and low quality. And this can certainly be true sometimes. I'm thinking about the high profile expose back in 2007, where a lot of kids toys, Fisher Price, Mattel, kids toys manufactured in China, they had high levels of lead paint. So it certainly can be true, but it's not true all the time. Semiconductor factories in particular in China are the actual best in the world. The reality is that we buy a lot of cheap stuff from China. The fact that the stuff is made in China also then by default makes the price tag cheap. And so we're noticing a volume of cheap stuff. But I do not say that to say that everything that's made in China is 100% of the time inexpensive, cheap, designed to break. True sometimes, not true all the time. So a Gallup poll recently found that 65% of Americans are willing to make an effort to avoid buying Chinese products, and 64% are willing to pay up to twice as much for products made in the United States, not ones that are made in China. So it sounds good. The majority of Americans are interested in stepping away from Chinese products. However, our spending habits They don't reflect that willingness at all. A lot of times, our spending habits, our consumerist needs, if you will, can only be satisfied by purchasing from China. And that's because we want new stuff and we want it now. Our spending habits put our favorite brands on a perpetual hamster wheel search for ways to shorten the time between design and manufacturing. And distribution, because remember, we want new stuff and we want it now. China has the technology, but it also has the supply chains in place to meet our demand. So I should say here, too, that despite the fact that Americans are willing to make an effort to step away from Chinese goods, and despite the trade war between China and the United States during the Trump administration, trade with China broke records. In 2020. And to take that a step further, the European Union has recently signed a favorable new trade agreement with China. So Chinese stuff is not going anywhere. And that's because we want inexpensive stuff. While we say we're willing to pay more, most of us don't. And that's because many of us simply can't. We buy what works with our budget. Hence, Inexpensive goods. So let's talk about Chinese manufacturing. Why is it that China has become the world's factory? How is it that this country can create goods so cheaply? (laughs) There's a lot of reasons. Export tax rebate policies that keep costs low for companies. So if an American company needs a certain part, It's often cheaper to produce it in China than it is to produce it here. There's also 1.38 billion people living in China. It is the most popular country in the world. So there is a workforce that is ready to step in and manufacture. There's also the fact that the minimum wage in China is much, much lower than it is here in the United States. Give or take, depending on the conversion equivalent, the minimum wage in Shanghai alone, so just Shanghai, is sixteen dollars an hour if you convert that to American dollars. So we have a lot of people. We're willing to pay them only a little bit of money. And finally, there is a much more permissive regulatory environment. So lower standards, lower compliance standards for manufacturing stuff. We're not going to talk about all of these reasons today, but we are going to dive deeper into the country's lower compliance standards because this is where the environmental and human ethics concerns really rise to the occasion, really hit home. So if you live in the West, (laughs) you likely already know that Western manufacturers have to comply with a lot of regulations, right? Health regulations and safety regulations, employment, environmental regulations. Here in the West, here in America, we have basic guidelines. We do not have child labor. We do not have involuntary labor. We have health and safety regulations. We have wage laws. We have environmental protections in place. They could be stronger, but we do have some In China, manufacturers generally operate under much more permissive regulation. So we're going to get into some of these. First, one of the reasons that companies choose to manufacture in China is because there is an abundance of low-wage workers. We talked about their lower hourly wage And the law of supply and demand likely comes into play here, right? Since the supply of workers is greater than the demand for low wage workers, wages can stay low. Now, historically, Chinese factories have had child labor, have required long shift hours, have not provided workers with compensation insurance. In some factories, even, I just found this to be crazy, but in some factories, they have policies where the workers just get paid once a year. So once a year, you get a paycheck, and that's a strategy to keep them from quitting before the year ends. Now, I should say that because of criticism, the Chinese government has claimed, has attempted to institute reforms that protect workers' rights. However, Compliance with these new rules has been notoriously low and slow to implement. Okay, so that's low-wage workers. China has a lot of them. China also has lots of no-wage workers. There is something in China called re-education camps. They also go by the name of detox centers. But re-education camp, detox center, those are just nice sounding euphemisms for forced labor prisons. So if you are a political dissident or an advocate of democracy or an environmental advocate or a Tibetan Buddhist or a Christian or a Muslim or a member of the Falun Gong or most especially a Uyghur you are likely sent to a re-education camp slash forced labor prison where you are worked sometimes to the literal death to make the cheap goods that us in the Western world want. Now, I should say too, since Xi Jinping became president in 2013, China has become more repressive toward dissidents and has put more than a million Uyghurs, Uyghurs, by the way, are an ethnic and religious minority in China, has put more than a million Uyghurs in forced labor camps since 2013. Now, you may have heard something about this in the media in the past. In 2012, an Oregon mother, her name was Julie Keith, she went to Kmart, she purchased a package of Halloween decorations, they were cheap foam gravestones, essentially, to put up in your front yard in anticipation of Halloween. We've all seen them. We may even have them in our basement. Okay, so Julie Keith goes to Kmart. She bought these foam headstones for just $5 at Kmart. It was too good of a deal to pass up. She gets home. She opens the box, and inside is a letter an SOS letter. It's written in simple English, in broken English, and it said, and I quote, Sir, if you occasionally buy this product, please kindly resend this letter to the World Human Rights Organization. Thousands of people here who are under the persecution of the Chinese Communist Party government will thank and remember you forever. End quote. So imagine opening that box of Halloween gravestones and imagine seeing that on top of your package. The person who wrote that was a man named Sun Yi. He was a political prisoner. He was forced into a labor camp. He was forced also to carve out these foam gravestones for more than 15 hours per day. So the bottom line here is that the workers who are making our stuff in China are either paid low wages or they're not paid at all because they're imprisoned in forced labor camps. This is the power. These are the people. These are the faces behind our cheap stuff. Now, we're going to get into the environmental concerns, the lax environmental regulations. We're going to get into all of that after a quick word from this week's sponsor. If you've been paying attention, you've likely heard something about gut health and why zoning in on your gut health is so darn important. You need EQ's Daily Women's Microbiome Defense. It's a three-in-one capsule that supports your digestive health and promotes gut barrier protection. I started taking EQ's Daily Women's Microbiome Defense because I have a bloating problem, friends. Yes, I do. Inflammation is not my friend. Since taking one capsule a day on an empty stomach with water, I have noticed more energy, improved skin, and here's the big one, reduced bloating. Head to myeq.com and use code SUSTAINABLE for 15% off Equilibria's microbiome defense and so much more. That's myeq.com and use code SUSTAINABLE at checkout for 15% off site-wide today. Coast of Maine believes in nurturing relationships with local retailers. So next time you're at your local retailer, look for Coast of Maine products. Get growing. Visit coastofmaine.com to find a local retailer near you. coastofmaine.com And we're back. We are discussing the Made in China label. Before the break, we talked about the ethical and human rights concerns, associated with our made-in-China goods. Now we're on to the environmental implications associated with relaxed environmental regulations in the country. No surprise to anybody, but just so we're all on the same page, according to a 2019 World Bank report, 18 of the world's top 20 most polluted cities are in China. It is no secret that China does have a significant pollution problem. And the manufacturing industry, this gigantic manufacturing industry that China is built on, is a major contributing factor. It's not the only contributing factor by any means, but it is a major one. And remember, because we are currently discussing lower compliance standards in China, it stands to reason then that environmental protection laws are routinely ignored. <laughs> now, when we talk about China's pollution problem, we really need to talk about the air pollution. A study conducted by nature.com found that fine particulates from power plants and factories are a main component of China's notorious, and I mean notorious, air pollution. These are microscopic bits of pollution. They travel deep into lungs. They've been linked to lung cancer and stroke and other diseases. And to give the parents listening a general feel for the scope and severity of China's air pollution problem, officials in Beijing issue red alerts. And now what is a red alert? A red alert is a sudden shutdown of schools that tells people to stay home, close your windows because of overwhelming smog. So can you imagine if you woke up on Wednesday morning and got the kids (laughs) ready for school and you're about to walk out the door, you made the lunches, and then you get a red alert saying, sorry, you cannot leave your house today. The smog, the air pollution levels are too high. School's canceled. Stay home. Can you imagine that? I, as a mother, would lose my mind. (laughs) I'd lose my mind. Okay, so there's air pollution, but we also have to talk about climate change, right? Yes, high levels of pollution, and particularly air pollution and smog in China, does threaten their 1.4 billion residents. But because we all live on this planet, what happens in China, at least on an environmental level, does truly affect all of us. So China is currently the world's largest emitter of greenhouse gases. China in particular still has a lot of coal-burning plants. So here's just one example, but steel is commonly manufactured in China. How are these steel manufacturing factories run? They run on burning coal and coal, of course, is a major source of air pollutants, yes, that we just talked about, but it's also a major emitter of greenhouse gases, and greenhouse gases accelerate climate change. So that's the climate change issue, but I do want to be comprehensive in my explanation, so I do have to say that China is also the largest source of marine debris. They're the worst perpetrator of unregulated fishing, so overfishing our oceans. By the way, listen to my episode with Dr. Sylvia Earle if you missed that one. And finally, China is also the world's largest consumer of trafficked wildlife, I did an episode on that as well, and timber products. Now, I need to give credit where credit is due. In 2016, the Chinese government did recommit itself to improving air and water quality, by tightening enforcement on its lax environmental protection laws. And so within one year of actually enforcing punishments for not following the laws, more than 80,000 factories in China were penalized, and at least 14,000 factories were shut down completely. I'm going to say that again, because that is huge. Okay. So they have these rules. Nobody's following them. Nobody's enforcing the rules. But then in 2016, they decide they're going to start enforcing the law. Within one year of enforcing the law, 80,000 factories were penalized and 14,000 factories were doing such a terrible job. They were shut down completely. Now, if you're listening and you're really thinking hard, you might be asking yourself, what types of factories were shut down? What types of factories in China were the worst? In terms of environmental pollution and environmental issues, you probably guessed it already. Take a guess, but I'll tell you. Textile and leather factories were the most impacted sector. Okay, so we're on to part three of today's conversation, which is action steps. So we talked about some stuff today. Some of it was likely alarming. Now, what can you do about it? Action step number one brings us back to the introduction to our show. And that is to start looking at the tags on your stuff that you already own. Where an item is made tells you an awful lot about the item. So think about your cat food bowl. I mentioned your favorite hoodie. I mentioned your stapler. We talked about Halloween decorations. Look at the tag. Where was it made? And if it was made in China, I'd love it if you actually took a moment and let your mind wander. What do you think the life was like for the person who made it? An actual human with an actual face and an actual family and actual struggles manufactured your stuff. Don't look away from that fact. Now, it would be easy for me to just tell you to stop buying products made in China. (laughs) That would be simple, right? But it would be unrealistic. The reality is it is super hard to boycott world's factory. It's super hard, if not impossible. (laughs) That's because China does have the technology and it does have the supply chains in place. They also have savvy manufacturing entrepreneurs who keep their finger on the Western world pulse by monitoring Amazon data and reviews and they tweak their products and their marketing based on feedback and sales data and trend monitoring. And even quicker than that, is because they have the technology and supply chains, they can shift their assembly lines at the drop of a hat. As I was researching for this episode, I came across an example of this a factory that made bracelets. Well, the pandemic hit, people were buying fewer bracelets. That factory, at the drop of a pin, was able to stop making bracelets because nobody's buying them and start making surgical masks. Pretty ingenious, right? So I'm not gonna tell you to boycott Chinese products, but I am going to suggest a few things. Number one is buy products manufactured in your country of origin, in America, if you're an American listening, whenever possible. But know that even if a product is labeled made in America, let's say, chances are really good that the pieces and the parts that make the product were made by unpaid or abused or tortured or force-fed prisoners in China. Know also that the made in China and made in PRC labels are the same. Made in PRC is made in People's Republic of China. Know also that some companies, they know that the made-in-China label often has connotations associated with cheapness or poor quality, so they do everything they can to disguise this fact. Apple is a great example of this. Apple products are labeled designed in California. Sure, they're designed in California, but all those parts, they're made in China. If you're listening today, perhaps instead of boycotting everything from China, you just work hard at boycotting one category of products. So it could be the notoriously polluting garment industry. Perhaps you no longer buy clothes or accessories made in China. Or perhaps if you're a parent, you boycott toys. You boycott kids' toys made in China. I did allude to the 2007 lead paint outbreak in Mattel and Fisher-Price toys. There were also other critical safety standards that weren't followed by toys that were manufactured in China, loose parts, again, lead paint. A previous guest of mine, Christina Floyd, she recently reported that three quarters of all toys and games are made in China's 10,000 toy manufacturing factories, However, a recent study in India showed that 67% of imported toys have failed the testing survey of the Quality Council of India coming in from China. So as many as 30% of plastic toys failed to meet safety standards associated with levels of phthalates and heavy metals. So when I say boycott a category, perhaps you boycott toys because there is a safety component Associated here. None of us parents listening want our kids to be put in harm's way. Now, Christina Floyd, by the way, she was on the show on episode 186. It was called The Lowdown on Wooden Toys. Take a listen if you missed it. I'll link to it in the show notes. But if you listen today's to today's episode and you're feeling all sorts of ways, know that it may indeed be time for you to put your favorite brands in the hot seat. Maybe it's time for you to reach out to those brands and ask them, are you still sourcing certain parts from forced labor camps in China? Are you willing to pull out? Know here too that most Western companies do not buy directly from the forced labor camps. But they are getting parts to their products from these forced labor camps, and they might not even know it. And that's because Chinese software companies have sprung up to specialize in altering factory records to pass foreign audits. So when you ask your favorite brand, are you purchasing from forced labor camps in China? You might not get a specific and honest answer because the brand might not even know But asking is a powerful way to show the brand that you care about where the parts and where the product is made and you care about the people that made it and you care about the planet that we all live on. So instead of telling you to stop buying items from China, I will instead suggest to not buy things just because they're cheap. According to one study I read, I found it very interesting Consumers reported that they would not buy something if they knew that thing was made in a forced labor camp. But after 30 minutes, that compunction went away. We have brains with very powerful pleasure centers. Our pleasure centers light up when we see something for sale or something that's shiny and new that seems like a deal. So my number one action step for everyone today is not to shop for entertainment. So don't just shop because you're bored. (laughs) And also, don't buy stuff just because the price tag is inexpensive. Don't buy an item because it's cheap. I should also say too here that it's about when you know better, you do better, but you also have to really give yourself grace and know that you cannot be perfect all the time. I'll leave you with a quick little story. My youngest daughter... She's graduating preschool. She's going to kindergarten next year. And for the end of the year, she's having a little show at her preschool. The teacher emailed the parents and said, please purchase this dress. All the girls are wearing the same dress in the class. Please purchase this dress in anticipation of our show so that they all look uniform, all look the same. The link to the dress, it was an Amazon product. I went to the site. It's a frilly dress. It is $13 on Amazon. I did a little digging. Yep, it's made in China. I followed my own advice. I really sat with the fact that, okay, here's this dress. Somebody's fingers sewed this dress together. Maybe the person was paid a really terrible wage. Maybe they were not paid at all. And I really sat with that. And so now I have to think about what do I want to do with this information? Do I want to put up a stink at my daughter's school and say I'm not buying this $13 fast fashion, cheaply made dress? Or do I just shut my mouth, bite my tongue, and not create waves? I haven't come up with an answer yet. I'd love your feedback, but my point here is to know that me, you, none of us can make perfect decisions all the time, but we do have to take the knowledge that we have and continuously strive. It's about striving to do and be better. So my final word for you today is there is a price for everything, and someone or something is always paying that price. If it looks too good to be true, if the price tag looks too good to be true, it is too good to be true. Show notes for this week, I have a lot of the sources that I used to create this episode in the show notes. You can find them at mamaminimalist.com forward slash 266. As always, if you learned something, if you liked this, please tell a friend, please bring up what you learned in conversation, please share on social media, please rate and review, and thank you again from the bottom of my cold and cynical heart for supporting the show in these ways. I will see you on Tuesday for your regularly scheduled interview. Have an amazing weekend and take care.